This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. A big victory in the U.S.'s battle to keep China out of the 5G network. Britain has banned the company Huawei. But now we're being warned China's going to retaliate. They basically threaten Great Britain that... If you don't accept Huawei into your market, then there'll be other consequences. And these are these economic extortions that uh, have become commonplace. Former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers, now chairman of 5G Action Now, says if Huawei were allowed into the U.S. 5G systems, China could exact the same kind of control over U.S. citizens that it does over its own. Where they have literally hundreds of points of data per citizen and they use that and they being the government uses that to determine how good a citizen you are but china's been blocked they're not taking it well and rogers says they won't give up setting the stage for an ugly showdown between the u.s and china coming up on this edition of target usa the national security podcast from wtop in washington dc this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. It's been a bad week for China. The British government has joined the U.S. and many other countries, barring Chinese company Huawei and others from providing telecom equipment for the global 5G network build-out. A few days later, just this week, the U.K. suspended its extradition treaty with China. The U.S. is contemplating doing the same. Several Chinese nationals were indicted this week, charged with a decade-long escapade where they've been engaged in a wide range of cyber criminality, from stealing intellectual property for personal profit to trying to steal COVID-19 research. And just today, July 22, 2020, the U.S. government has ordered China to shut down its consulate in Houston. We spoke to former House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Rogers, who is currently chairman of 5G Action Now. It's a nonprofit designed to elevate the conversation regarding American national security and the economic benefits of winning the 5G innovation and deployment battle against China. We spoke to Rogers on July 14th about the growing list of troubles China's facing, including Britain's decision to slam the 5G door on the Chinese government. I think this is excellent news, certainly for the citizens of Great Britain that are going to have their data protected from Chinese, uh, the Chinese Communist Party using Huawei gear to collect their data. So that in, in that alone, I think is, is a really a great message and also really a great message for the rest of Europe. If Great Britain got to this point, uh, it shows you how concerned they are about the security of the equipment that Huawei is trying to install all across Europe. So they they've run into this roadblock here, and that's a significant roadblock. 
the roadblock in the U.S. was a significant roadblock as well. But is there concern about other countries, other places where Huawei is fully engaged and fully welcomed? There is. And if you, and so is Huawei, by the way, if you look at what they did when they, they basically threatened Great Britain that if you don't accept Huawei into your market, then there'll be other consequences. And these are these economic extortions that uh, have become commonplace for Huawei, mainly because it's part of their, their the Chinese Communist Party's data dominance program, where they want to control data and be the uh, really the final arbiters of the control of data flying around the world by 2025. And so they're desperate to get these their technology in and build these 5G networks. So we've watched them threaten it. And so we're seeing some results of that in other places. There's uh, countries across Europe who are hedging their bets on Huawei. There are countries in the Middle East and certainly Africa where Huawei is promising the world you know, will put in gear. We, you won't have to pay for it for three years. We'll staff it for three years uh, just to get their equipment into these countries. And so there's this huge push by uh, the government of China to push this technology onto these, into these countries because they want to be able to control data by 2025. And one way to do that is control all the routers and the 5G networks that are being built around the world. So does this essentially end to your way of seeing this, their quest to do that? No, they're not going to give up. I, I think that they're going to continue to push uh, everywhere else. I think what you'll see is a sharpened tool for that economic extortion. You know, you don't you don't take Huawei gear and you sell, let's say, fish. Guess what? We China may stop buying fish. And we've seen examples of that around the world already. I think you're just going to see more of it. Great Britain stood up to the threat. I mean, Great Britain has significant trade uh, in China, and it's important to their economy. But I do believe they weighed that the national security component of this was more important. That's probably not going to be the answer for most countries. And China is going to continue to push and pull that lever as aggressively as they can uh, because of how important the build-out of 5G is going to be for the future of the Communist Party's leadership in the world is the way they look at it anyway. You, not long ago, laid out for us pretty well um, and in true fashion, you know, because you were very vocal, very eloquent about this when you were in Congress, the threat from China and the broad threat of all of China's levers and tools uh, working as a part of a con concerted effort to one undermine the U.S. and, in the words of some other some of your colleagues, China's quest to own the U.S. Uh, so I'm wondering, looking at this particular situation here, what is it that the U.S. Uh, would lose if China were allowed to use its, if if Huawei were allowed to do what it wants to do uh, in terms of plugging into the 5G uh, network in the U.S., what would they do? How would, they, how would it be a national security risk? Well, first of all, we, we would lose control of individuals' data. So the citizens of the United States would be exposed to gear that has clearly in the past been used to exfiltrate data. And we see what China's doing with their own citizens' data. So they have what they're calling it a credit system, a social credit system, 
where they have literally hundreds of points of data per citizen. And they use that, and they being the government, uses that to determine how good a citizen you are. And last year, they had millions of Chinese citizens that the government told, you can't buy an airplane ticket domestically because you haven't lived up to what the Chinese government thinks you should be. Uh, And same with train tickets and other things. So they use that social credit system to completely control their population. Well, imagine if they can do that uh, with data all across the world. You want to contract in in China? Guess what? We noticed by the data we have on your social networks and the things you're saying about China don't live up to our standards. You don't get a contract, nor can you do business in China. I mean, the power of it is really something uh, to behold. And it's very Orwellian if you think about it. And it's actually happening today in China. That's what's crazy about this. The second piece of that is now you have a nation state who has access to networks that could be, well, it could cause serious national security problems. And if it makes it easier for the Chinese national security infrastructure, their security services to access these networks um, that have sensitive government data, military bases, uh, FBI, CIA, all of those kind of consequences you would think of. Well, if they have easier access, then the access is really the way that you, you break into these networks. So we don't want to give them that opportunity either. And so you know, the, US is, the U.S. is kind of working its way through this. Uh, Chairman Pai came out and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to help support companies who have Huawei gear uh, purchased in the past to get rid of it. That's great. It helps the uh, ecosystem for vendors to get strong as they go through this process. Uh, and it helps get rid of that gear, continues to put pressure uh, on the Chinese government extension of their surveillance state by this Huawei gear. So we, we lose the security of citizens' data and possibly we lose control of access that they might have to very sensitive networks. You know, your organization, 5G Action Now, as I understand it, was founded to establish the U.S. as the world leader in 5G. and. I get it because I've known you for a while and I know what you're about and your objectives are about. But for the person who's listening to this who don't, doesn't know you and what your organization is about, um, so they might say, uh, hey, China's trying to do the same thing. So why the U.S. over China? Explain mm-hmm. to us why. Yeah. And, and so what's happening is Western companies who we would say liberal democracies or Western valued companies can't really compete against the Chinese government. And so what the Chinese government has been doing in these contracts is illegally subsidizing it. So they get bank loans, they get uh, where the government will uh, subsidize a contract, meaning so when Huawei went in and competes against one of our liberal democracy companies uh, trying to build out 5G, they can't compete on price because the all the subsidies that go to it from the Chinese government, because the government doesn't really worry about profit. They want to win the contract where our companies, the companies we believe in that have ethics and standards and, uh, you know, they have a mores uh, uh, and an ethos that they apply to their business models uh, can't really compete. And so what I want, listen, I would love it if China finally said, okay, we're out of the business of using these entities uh, as collection platforms. And oh, by the way, we're going to be completely open and transparent, which they're not, by the way, on who owns the company and how it operates and how their funding sources happen. 
where all our public companies have to go through that scrutiny. And so our thing is, okay, well, let's get to where these companies can compete. And there's some, you know, it's kind of this, I call it the underbrush of being competitive and cleaning out that underbrush, like making sure that spectrum is open and available for 5G. If we fight about the 5G spectrum for the next 10 years, you know, chalk one up for a win for China. Uh, because we don't have the ability to compete. Our companies can't get the spectrum that they need to operate 5G. It's called the Goldilocks spectrum uh, and or C-band. And, and what we were trying to do is say, okay, let's clear this out. Let's get companies saying that they're going to participate in making this spectrum available for companies across the country, across the world, really, to, to make sure that they can build out a 5G network. So it's we're really trying to beat the Chinese by what we do best, innovation and competition. But that means that there are some things that we have to do to get out of the way. Uh, and we have to compensate companies who are getting beat up in this process uh, for, for no fault of their own. And so if we can accomplish those things, we'll compete. And I believe that innovation and com competition that comes from the United States is going to put the, our companies at, a, at an advantage because that's where people want to go. They know it's secure. They know it's not a government enterprise doing it. Uh, they know that uh, they don't have the problems that Huawei has had. Think of the FBI indicted them for bribery and all of these other charges, theft yeah. of intellectual property. I mean, I don't know any other company in the world could walk into a boardroom with an indictment like that hanging over their head and say, oh, well, we're going to give you 10% of the market. I mean, we just wouldn't do it. Those companies wouldn't be allowed to participate in the economy. So this is really about being fair, establishing this competition. We'll beat them head on with competition uh, and innovation. They know that. That's why they use the tactics that they do. And that's really what we're trying to do. Can we put ourselves in a position where these liberal democracies, American companies can compete against what is really the very large Chinese government using all of its levers of power mm -hmm. uh, to get into these countries? Economic extortion, military extortion, uh, you know, national security threats, all of that comes with a Chinese gear. My argument is, what they're doing in Hong Kong, we don't want to export or import anywhere else in the world. And that's what we're trying to do at 5G Action now. Okay, and Japan, South Korea, Israel, India, all of them have essentially turned their backs on the Chinese effort to get their, their tech into their 5G networks. The U.S., of course, leading the charge here, and Britain. But then you have two of Europe's biggest carriers, Deutsche, uh, Deutsche Telekom and, and Vodafone, who still aren't convinced, and they are still using Huawei equipment uh, and are, appear to be resistant to switching. So that is still a big national security issue for the U.S., right? It is. And, and anywhere that their networks touch, you have to be extra mindful of the security risks that it poses. So remember, in the in, even in a 5G environment where lots of decisions about this tra how traffic gets routed, I call it the traffic cops, you know, the router and the central core that we protect today, then we look a little different because some of those decisions are going to be made at what's called the edge. So a tower that you see could be making routing decisions where in the past that wouldn't happen. And so uh, th those all present new security threats 
to how we protect data. And so any, when, when Germany goes and does that, remember, we have troops there, we have military uh, alliances there. Uh, clearly, we're concerned, everything from the Russians to the Chinese activities there in Iran. When China goes in, and by the way, I would argue Germany is this, they, they decided to put their value of trade over not only just their own security, but the rest of their NATO allies when they make that decision. Uh, and it's concerning. I think over time, it will be unsustainable. Now that you have Great Britain, Canada is leaning this way. Australia said they won't put it in their networks. Japan said not going to happen. South Korea said too dangerous and too risky, not going to do it. I mean, you can't have this just wave of countries looking at the national security interests of their own countries and saying it's not worth it. And having countries like Germany uh, and others say, well, you know, maybe a little bit. Well, it, it really doesn't work. And until that company completely separates itself uh, from the Chinese government, which it cannot do and will not do, uh, you know, they're, they're not, should not be considered a free market challenge in any economy. They're not. Okay. So how then does the U.S. deal with what we know is going to be retaliation from China? Where, how, what would it look like and, and how does the U.S. face it? Well, China's already hinted that they will have some retaliation to U.S. companies trying to operate uh, in China. But remember, they just announced, they, China, just announced that they were going to spend a trillion dollars of government money uh, to create their own in, uh, uh, production manufacturing infrastructure of everything from microprocessors to chips to motherboards. Uh, and they want to push out Western vendors. And they've already started marching down this path. So we're already seeing it happen. So you can't, you know, these companies say, oh, we don't want to risk that. Well, then they should look at what the data coming out of China is. They're already artificially restricting competition from uh, uh, non-Chinese companies in China for the purposes of setting themselves up to be the most powerful in the 5G and data space. So we know what they're doing. We watch what they're doing. They're, the Chinese are very clever about you know, saying, well, everybody does it and you're doing it. And it's, it's, there is absolutely no comparison to what the Chinese government is doing uh, and what we're trying to do, even by providing you know, a little bit of air, a little bit of space for these companies to try to compete and innovate uh, against the Chinese gear. And so we're going to have to continue to do that. There are ways that the U.S. can compete, even against where China is going in, uh, by actually giving loans that have to be paid back, which the, you know, there's lots of stories out there about these loans that the Chinese government gives that never get paid back to help, help be competitive in that way. And when, when we go through and clear the spectrum space, which, again, really, really critical for us to be able to compete, and we do things like rip and replace, take out gear uh, that is old Huawei gear, rip it out, put in, we call it trusted vendor gear across the country. These are all things and all ways that we can do and steps that we can do to help put us on better footing to compete against the Chinese. Nothing, I think, has told us how important supply chain is and how we go forward uh, than the COVID-19 epidemic. You see the weaknesses in pharmaceuticals and personal protective equipment when you have sole reliance on countries that don't have the same moral values and respect for contracts that we do, say, here in the United States. It presents a very real problem for average Americans. 
that should, if, if anything else, bring it home about the kind of arguments we're making. Hey, let's make sure that we're not solely dependent on the Chinese Communist Party to protect your data and not use it in a way that's malicious. And final thing, um, there is a secret weapon here, too, it appears to me, and that is not just playing defense, the U.S., but playing a little offense here with the ability to block overseas shipments to uh, China's companies like Huawei and ZTE of semiconductors that are made with U.S. technology. Is that not an issue, an, an option? It, it is. Um, and so I think there was lots of conversation about do we do, 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 you know, we, the United States, is it better for us to participate in the export of materials of which we know are safe and secure versus uh, them developing their own. Um, you know, I can go both ways on this candidly. I, I, and I see the, the national security value of cutting them off uh, and saying, you're not going to get our proprietary gear. But you know, some of this gear would be appropriate to build in the United States and export to China because we know what's in it. Um, so, I, you know, again, I, I think it is an option. And I, we have this, the administration, the Trump administration certainly has used that option uh, and there are times to 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 kind of slow down their 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 march, if you will, uh, and that's certainly one way to do it. And I wouldn't be opposed to it. I do would like to get back to some kind of trading order uh, that doesn't have the Chinese Communist Party making it impossible for uh, liberal democracy, Western value companies having the ability to compete. If we ever got there, it would be great. Then the consumer wins, trade wins, China would win, and I'd be okay with that if they weren't doing the kinds of things that they are, uh, and our companies would win. But right now, it's just such a one-sided thing. So I think it's going to be a combination of some of those things, saying you're not going to get, or we're only going to give you so many. Uh, and if it if it's really is something that can, has dual use, like a military use technology that ha also has a civilian uh, use, I would... I would seriously consider slowing, stopping uh, all of that in order to right-size where we are in this big race to 5G. And it's going to be an interesting race, no doubt. Chairman Rogers, thank you. JJ, thank you so much. Thanks for your interest. As time continues to pass, we'll continue to follow this issue. Because as we've mentioned, China and the U.S. appear to be on a collision course. And where it takes place is certain to be somewhere between cyberspace and the South China Sea, perhaps. In the meantime, coming up in our next episode... Thank you for calling Social Security Administration Department. How can I help you? Yes, I just got a phone call from you saying that uh, I'm in some kind of uh, trouble. We've all received scam emails, text, and phone calls. But have you ever gotten one of them on the phone? You have reached the Social Security Administration Department. Something is wrong with the Social Security numbers. It's a blatant, reckless, and dangerous scheme. The best thing you can do to protect yourself is just to be vigilant and be doubly cautious. We'll expose the full scam, the other people behind it, and talk with federal authorities about how to deal with it. Coming up on our next episode of Target USA. In the meantime, if you have questions about our podcast, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. 
That's the letter J, the color green, that's one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. Also, if you have any comments you'd like to make, let us know. Also, please subscribe to the podcast and follow the podcast. You can do that on Twitter. We're at T-U-S-A podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha podcast. Also, if you want more national security information, you can get it from my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff. Comes out every Thursday and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Jillian with Court Junkie. Court Junkie is a true crime podcast that covers court cases and criminal trials using audio clips and interviews with people close to the cases. Court Junkie is available on Apple Podcasts and podcastone.com. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.